0: Success is about having a great career or having all the material possessions in the world. That's what the worldly success um, is in, uh, in this world that we live in. But for us Christians, success is completely different. Success is not dictated by the standards of the world or by our own personal standards, but it's, standard, it's dictated by the biblical standard. By the word of God. So what is success? Success is something that everyone wants, but few ever feel that they have truly achieved it. We desire success, all of us. And who doesn't want to have success? We want to have success in the local church. We want to have success in our career, in our family, in the workplace. But few ever truly achieve what Real success is because they do not follow the biblical foundations of success. Sometimes we equate the word success with victory, but it's hard to equate or to illustrate victory in our life because most of the time when we talk about victory, we discuss about engaging in a warfare in battles. Although we know that we are in spiritual battle or warfare every day of our life, success would, mean, would be more familiar to all of us rather than victory. So we're going to discuss this, mo- this morning, how can we have success? What is true success? And the most important question that we need to ask, does God ever tell us what it takes to be successful? Especially, as I've said, this is the only time that the word success is mentioned in the whole Bible. And it's in Joshua chapter 1 of all books in the Bible. We will learn how God wants us to have success in our life. And I'm going to give you five important things to remember in order to be successful. Whether you are going to college you're working right now or you want to have success in your own family life, you can apply all these lessons that I'm going to tell you this morning. So let's pray. Dear Lord, I commit to you this time, O Lord, as we dig into the Word of God and know more about what success truly means in your eyes and how we can have this kind of success in our life. Sometimes we feel that we are defeated. We read the Bible, we meditate, we go to church, we attend fellowships, we listen to the sermon, but still we seem to remain defeated and not having any kind of success in our spiritual life. So Lord, may you speak to us through this passage so that we can learn from you and you alone how we can be successful in our daily life. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Okay, so in chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, the first formula for success is to obey God's instructions. Obey God's instructions. So at this point in time, Joshua is the next leader. Moses died already, and God did not allow him to enter the promised land of Canaan because of one disobedient action that he did. And did you know what was the disobedient action of Moses? God told Moses, speak to the rock so so that water will flow from that rock and this water will be providing satisfaction for my people. Did you know what Moses did? Instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock twice. Because of his anger, Because of his anger. So God did not allow him to enter the promised land. So now Joshua is the next leader. And during the time when they buried, especially Moses was a very famous and popular leader in Israel, they mourned for him for about 30 days, one full month. At this point in time, Joshua was still mourning. Of course, How can he become like Moses? Moses was one-of-a-kind leader. And of course, Joshua will never be the same kind of leader just like Moses. But here in verses 1 to 5, God told him, Stop mourning. Stop getting sad. It's time to move on. So in verse 1, it says here, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. So what was the command? Four words. He said, go over this Jordan. Do what I have commanded Moses And now, follow up what I told the whole Israel to go to the land of Canaan and conquer it. The same with all of us. God has given us several instructions as God's people. But there's one important command that he has given us. And what is it? The Great Commission. With the same first word, which says, Go! therefore, and teach all nations. Stop sitting on those chairs and start getting up and reaching out to the lost people. The land of Canaan for the people of Israel Israel, is like the beautiful land of promise wherein they're going to conquer all kinds of evil, at least they tried. And Tell these people that God is the only God that they need to serve and to worship. The same thing with all of us. When we go into the world, the Bible did not say, just go and convert people to become Christians. Can you imagine Jesus said, go and teach all nations, which essentially means to make them disciples. Because the problem sometimes in the local church is that we just lead people to Christ and then leave them alone. We tell them, you need to repent and turn away from your sin and turn towards the Lord Jesus Christ and then that's it. I'm cutting off any connection with you. You're all alone. That's why in our church, we emphasize discipleship. A young believer can never grow by himself. He needs help. The Lord Jesus Christ did not say, go and make converts. He said, go and make disciples. And that involves teaching. That involves teaching. Joshua will be conquering the land of Canaan for many years. I think for about 10 to 20 years. The same thing with all of us. As we go and conquer the city of Richmond first and then beyond, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it will take us many, many years. But we need to start. We cannot just be enjoying our time together and do nothing. That's why God has impressed me this past week to have this prayer and fasting for a spiritual revival in our church. That each one of us will go down on our knees, pray, meditate on the word of God, and see what God will, how God will work through each one of us regarding those four vital signs that I have shared two weeks ago in Acts chapter 2. Remember the four vital signs? Biblical nourishment, loving fellowship, vibrant worship, and then word and deed outreach. So those are the prayer items that we're going to pray all throughout the 14 days of fasting. Second... Four, uh, second Instruction of God here we can see in verses seven and eight, seven and eight. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper with whithersoever thou goest. Then verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Obeying God's instructions will not matter if you don't hold on to God's word. We need to grasp firmly the word of God in our life. Because how can we know what are God's instructions if we don't know what the word of God is telling us? So how did God tell Joshua how to hold on to the word of God? He said in at the last part of verse 7 here, "Do not turn from the right hand, from the right hand or to the left." What does that mean? It's not a literal command, but it's a command that tells us to go straight into the direction that God has led us into. Don't go another way. Don't choose another way, whether the right or to the left. Just go straight to what God will, God's will is for your life. And what is God's will for us? For God's will for us is to do everything heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Glorifying and honoring the Lord God in our life. So in every action that we do, in every thought that we think, in every word that we say, we need to ask the Lord, will this glorify the Lord? Will this be pleasing unto the Lord? Remind yourself that the Lord God is always with you, just like what God told Joshua in verse 6. I will be with thee, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. If you think that the Lord Jesus Christ is always with you wherever you go, Do you think Jesus Christ will be pleased with what you are doing, with what you are thinking, with what you are saying? So that will be the standard of everything that we think, say, or do. Will Jesus Christ be pleased? Or will he go away because of the things that we are doing? Hold on to the word of God. And then verse 8, Do not let it depart out of thy mouth. What does that mean? It means that, every time that you speak to other people, the Word of God should always be at the center. That when you talk to other people, always include Jesus Christ, your Savior. Because there's a problem right now in, among many Christians. They say, in my workplace or in my school, I'm living my secular life. But inside the church or when we have fellowship, I'm living my Christian life. Remember, my dear brothers and sisters, our lives are not separated or compartmentalized into the secular and the sacred. Whether we are in the workplace, in the school, or doing some hiking, we are still Christians. And let me remind you, your identity is not being a worker, it's not being a student, it's not being a parent. Your number one identity is that you are a child of God. You are a Christian. You are a follower. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And because you are such, wherever you go, you carry, you bear in your body the cross of Christ. And that means our duty is to always speak the name of Jesus Christ to people if we have the opportunity to do that. And not only that, it says, you shall meditate therein day and night. That's how you hold on to the Word of God. Meditate. Remember cows. Uh, the, the best illustration for meditation are the cows. Right? The cows have, uh, when they chew their, their, their grasses or whatever they eat, they chew it very well and then go goes, back to the, goes down to the stomach and then they regurgitate it. I know this, that's gross they regurgitate their their food back to the mouth and then chew it again and then back down to the stomach. And that's what we do with the Word of God. Because sometimes you say, Lord, I'm so pressed for time. I'm working at 7 o'clock. I woke up at 6.30. Can I just read one verse? And then that's it. That's not meditating. That's browsing. It's like you're browsing through the internet. But that's not how... We should treat the Word of God. We should meditate on the Word of God. Take time. Perhaps 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or sometimes one hour. And during these 14 days of prayer and fasting, I hope that you will be devoting more time reading the Word of God and worshipping Him in spirit and in truth. That's how you meditate. When you meditate on the Word of God, then you'll be able to follow the first instruction, the first key to success, obey God's instructions. We need to hold on to the Word of God. And why should we hold on to the Word of God? It says, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Obedience. When you know the Word of God and it really takes uh, some residence in your heart, then you'll be able to obey the Word of God. You cannot obey something that you have not meditated upon. And take note, it says, according to all that is written in it. All. We don't get to choose which verse to follow and which verse to disobey. When the Bible says, do such and such thing, you do it. When God says go, you go. When God says stay, stay. When God says avoid evil, avoid any kind of path leading to wickedness, then avoid. We don't go and choosing our own way, but we choose the way of God at all times. And then the result will be that your way will be prosperous and then you will have good success. Why good success? Is there a bad success? Yes. The bad success is the world's kind of success. And that's what, not what we want. We want the, su- the good success that God promises to all of us as God's people. When we go to, for example, next Saturday, we're going to hike at Coquitlam Crunch. Um, and we have the address and you want to know where, how to go to, to that place, what do you do? Back in the, olden, uh, in the ancient times, you go probably ask some people in that area, over oh, where's these so-called stairs going to heaven, those 890 steps? You will ask the people, right, in the neighborhood. No, we have the smartphones right now. We have the GPS. Yes, put in the, the, the address, and then you'll be able to get into that. And we know that the Bible is the best kind of GPS. We don't need to go to any other person to know God's will in our life. Do we need to consult another person? No, because the Bible is, is here, it's complete. Of course, as I always tell people, the Bible would not tell you which job to choose, or which career or program in UBC or any other university to take, but the Bible will give us guidelines and principles. Will this route or direction please the Lord God, or will this one not please the Lord God? That's what we need to ask the Lord. Is this way the way that you want me to go to, or the other way? That's how we seek and discover the will of God. The Word of God is paramount as our foundation in seeking the Word of God. Because sometimes we reverse uh, the formula for seeking the will of God. We go to the pastor first, we go to our family members before we consult God. Don't you know that in that case, God is insulted? Because you are a believer in Christ, you seek the will of Christ first before going to other people. Someone told me, Pastor, please pray for me for this direction in my life. I need to make a decision. Then I I tell the person, have you prayed to the Lord God? Have you read the word of God? Have you sought his will? Well, pastor, I have not done that because I know that you are very close to the Lord. No, I don't think so. All of us can approach the throne of God because we have Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit living in each one of us. Good success is something that God wants us to have. And we cannot have that good success until we hold on firmly to the word of God. Thirdly, once you obey the instructions of God and continue holding on to the word of God, the Bible says, You be strong and courageous. Be brave. Take the next step of faith because God is on your side. So look at verse 6 again. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto these people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. God says, Be strong and be of a good courage. Take the next step because God sees that Joshua is probably a bit skeptical. How can I go on and conquer the land of Canaan? Moses was a better leader than myself. And it's hard to lead all these two million people of Israel to conquer the land of Canaan. But God says, just be brave. Take the next step of faith. Because what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to give you as a promise. And I promised that many, many years ago, even during the time of Abraham. So you just need to take the next step of faith. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'll be with you all throughout. So don't be scared. Just continue serving the Lord. And taking that next step, and three times he said this to Joshua in verse 7 also, Only be thou strong and very courageous. And then verse 9, Have not I commanded thee be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Why three times? Isn't one time enough? Sometimes we think that God is like someone who's nagging at us. But how many times did God tell us already to love me with all, my, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And we have not done, we have not obeyed that commandment yet in our life. God is not nagging at us. He wants, uh, he wants to repeat himself so that we can remember. Because remember, remember, we are all forgetful people. Even if God told Joshua and all the people of Israel, conquer the land of Canaan, did they ever fully conquer the land of Canaan at the end of Joshua? No. They allowed the Canaanites to stay there. And those Canaanites became the thorns and snares in their backs, tempting them to idolatry many, many times. So when God repeats something, or sometimes God repeats the name of a person, God is saying, I'm serious. I'm serious when, I, when I'm telling you this. It's not just a light thing or a simple thing. That i'm telling you this is a very serious command you need to go be strong and be courageous and not, i'm not leaving you alone i'm always with you all throughout the time a strong foundation is very important and god is our foundation and without god being our foundation we can never be strong and courageous Without God being on our side, we will be afraid. We will be disappointed. I know some of you, um, when, when I always tell the group, our church, let's go on one Saturday morning or in the afternoon and share the good news to other people. Someone told me, oh, Pastor, I'm scared to- talking to people about Jesus Christ. Probably I'll just do something in the background. But remember, even Jesus Christ told his disciples, when you speak to people, don't be scared, don't be afraid of them. Because the Holy Spirit who lives in you will teach you how to speak to people. But of course, you need to know the word of God. You need to know some verses that talk about the gospel, that talk about salvation, that talk about repentance. But you don't need to know everything else completely. At least you know what are the important things about the gospel when you talk to people. The same with Joshua. Joshua was a great military commander. And many business people that I know of when I was working in the naturopathic clinic in the past, they've used Moses and Joshua as their example in their businesses. Mind you, these businesses are secular businesses. These are not like churches or any kind of um, organizations similar to churches. These are secular businesses. And they're using Moses and Joshua as models for their businesses. Joshua was a great military commander. However, he was scared by himself because, remember, the 12 spies spied the land of Canaan and they found out that there were many giants there, nine feet tall. Did you know that Goliath, who was nine feet tall, is the shortest of the giants during that time? I know there are not many giants right now, right? I know I have a, what's the tallest person right now? Probably eight, nine feet tops. But before nine feet in in the land of Canaan, it's just that it's normal. That's the shortest person in the land of Canaan. Of course. If you're like me, I'm just five feet two inches or I'll be looking up like, like that and that will be my enemy, I'll just run away. I'm so scared. But God says, do not be scared. Why? Because I will be with you and I'm not going to fail you. And God's promises are always fulfilled by him because he is a promise keeper next number four fulfill your commitments now look at verses 10 to 15. then joshua commanded the officers of the people saying pass through the host and command the people saying prepare you victuals the victuals are just provisions for the warfare for within three days ye shall pass over this jordan to go in to possess the land which the lord your god giveth you to possess it okay and to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to half the tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren arm all the mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord have given your brethren rest as he has given you, and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return unto the land your possession and enjoy it which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan toward the sun rising. So before the death of Moses, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh said, can, can we instead settle on the east side of Jordan rather than go into the land of Canaan. So God and Moses allowed them to dwell on that side of Jordan, outside the land of Canaan, with one condition. God and Moses said, You need to help your brethren first to conquer the land of Canaan. Then you can come back to your land of inheritance. And Joshua said, I'm reminding you, you have made a commitment to help your brethren. Fulfill your commitment to God and to Moses and to your brethren in the land of Canaan. And that's what they did all throughout the book of Joshua. They helped their brethren. And that's very important. Uh, This morning, we're we're talking about the body of Christ. Our spiritual gifts are given to each one of us so that we can help one another. We can encourage one another. We can comfort one another. And as a result, we are building and growing the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that commitment that God has told you to do? Or what is that commitment that you have promised to the Lord? Perhaps this week, Since we're going to start our prayer and fasting, you'll make a commitment, Lord, I'm going to commit to skip at least one meal a day for the next 14 days to pray and meditate on God's word and seek your will about the spiritual revival of RBBC. Not only of RBBC, but also of myself. I need, each one of us need spiritual revival in so many areas. It could be your time with the Lord, your prayer, your service for the Lord, your worship, commitment to so that you can become a good witness in your workplace, or any other kind of commitment, God wants you to fulfill your commitment. I don't know if any, some of you, or probably most of you know this hymn, right? Take my life and let it be. Consecrated unto Thee. Someone, uh, the name of the author of this hymn was Frances Havergal, and one of those lines in that hymn was, "Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold." Did you know that she literally fulfilled what she wrote here? This is what she said in his inner diary. Take my silver and my gold now means shipping off all my ornaments, all my jewelry, to the church missionary house, including a jewel cabinet that is really fit for a countess, where all will be accepted and dispersed off for me. Nearly 50 articles are being packed up. I don't think I ever packed a box with such pleasure. So she was saying, I'm going to donate all my jewelries to the missionary house so that God can use those jewelries for his glory. To reach out to as many people as possible. That's a great commitment that all of us should make also. And remember, when we make a commitment, the Lord Jesus Christ will help you fulfill that commitment also. You're not alone. He's going to be with you at all times and you will reap the benefit. He will reward you abundantly. Lastly, the last key to success is to follow godly leaders. 16 to 18, And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do, and whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words, in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. Essentially, they were saying, we have followed Moses before. Now we're going to follow you, our next leader. Because we know that God has spoken to you And God has chosen you to be our next leader. Whether we like you or not, because God says we need to follow you, we will follow you. Not not only because God told them to follow him, but because he was a Godly leader also. Just like Moses. You can follow leaders as long as they follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even Paul said to the Corinthians, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we don't follow blindly the leaders among us. We see first if they are really following the Lord Jesus Christ. If their life is a lifestyle that follows the example, the model of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because sometimes there are some leaders that are not supposed to be leaders because they are not living an exemplary life. That's why we leaders, we are very much accountable to the Lord. And James said in James 3.1, Be not many masters because masters or leaders or teachers will be given a stricter judgment by God. We are more accountable to God. Why? Because many people will try to follow us. Imagine the Pharisees and the scribes during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did Jesus Christ tell these Pharisees and scribes? These are blind people leading the blind. Why? Because they are not following Jesus Christ. They are following their own traditions human traditions and principles. So before you follow a leader, make sure that that leader is really a godly leader. That his life is copied from the pattern of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there are not so many godly leaders right now. That's why churches are crumbling down. And you we, we have heard that many times for the past few years. Leaders step down because of some scandal in their churches in so many other areas of their life. Follow leaders as long as they are following Christ's example. We see here that Joshua had success because he obeyed God. He followed God's instructions. And if you want success and victory, then follow all those five keys to success. Of course, there are so many other guidelines and principles. But follow the, success that, the formula for success that God has given us. Deciding to obey God today will not make any lasting difference if you do not follow through with your commitment to obey God and to follow Him today, tomorrow, and forever. I pray that we individually and also corporately as a church will continue to desire the biblical success that God has promised to all of us. We can only do that as we follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Thank you Lord for guiding us through this passage teaching us some key points on how we can have success in our life help us lord to take heed to these instructions and to make the word of god and your presence be the key foundation lord as we desire for success in every area of our life and for the life of this church lord i pray that you will help us to continue to go And teach all nations and tell them that there is a Savior who loves them so much. Who wants them to turn from their sin and turn towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to be strong and courageous, just like Joshua. Because we know that you are always with us and that you will not fail us or forsake us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Let us all stand up.